It's never a dull moment with Project Veritas. Every story they seem to come out with is damning and serious, and this time, the story involves them. The latest release from Project Veritas, Microsoft Corporation legal documents show Biden DOJ spying on Project Veritas journalists and hiding it from a federal court judge. Man, it, it, it is it is dark days to say the least. And I, I have to wonder, man, was it always this bad and we just didn't know? Maybe, maybe truth be told, because Project Veritas is exposing much of this malfeasance in government and corporations. And I wonder if we've ever really had real journalists who are willing to stand up and take these serious risks. The story is multifaceted. Project Veritas investigating corruption and malfeasance then becomes the target of the FBI who raided the homes of their journalists, including James O'Keefe. A, a federal judge basically said, you need a special master. This You're going after journalists. This is wrong. I'll go into the finer details on that point. But what we have now is that Veritas has uncovered the DOJ is continuing to do this work behind the back of the judge in secret, spying on journalists. You want to know why this pisses me off? For one, I think James O'Keefe does fantastic work. I think there's, they're one of the last true investigative journalistic outlets. They're doing undercover reporting. They're exposing documents. The, the cover-up at ABC about Epstein exposed thanks to a brave whistleblower and Project Veritas. As many of you probably know, I'm a big fan of WikiLeaks as well. And what they're doing at Julian Assange is nightmarish. I have to wonder, what does James O'Keefe think about Julian Assange? Maybe the next time we have him on, I'll ask him about this. And I, th I think maybe we did. But you take a look at the work that he's doing. And you take a look at how powerful individuals are willing to break the law and play dirty to shut down those who would expose them. And you can see what happens to Julian Assange. And you can see what's going on now with Project Veritas. But wait, this wouldn't be a complete segment if I didn't give you some contrast to explain why I'm frustrated hearing about this all the time. First and foremost, we need journalism. We need journalists to expose corruption and inform the people. Do we have it? For the most part, our establishment mainstream culture lacks any real journalism. Project Veritas is smeared and slandered and lied about left and right. I bring you this story. Bill Barr slams Biden for lying about his son Hunter's laptop, saying it was Russian disinformation and says his claims were verging on election interference. Former Attorney General Bill Barr slammed Joe Biden for lying about the authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop. I was very disturbed during the debate when candidate Biden lied to the American people about the laptop. You want to know something funny, my friends? Bill Barr was the AG when the laptop came out. Think about this for two seconds. The laptop, which exposes at the very least probable cause for very serious crimes. Enough for the DOJ to say, maybe we should investigate this. At the very least. If you want to come out and say Biden was innocent, it's all smears, it's all lies, fine. I don't care. The point is the photographs, the claims, the emails, the statements were more than enough to warrant an investigation, a public outcry. Now, of course, there is an investigation into Hunter Biden, but I'm talking about Joe Biden. Bill Barr wouldn't do it because they're all scared. They're all cowards. Oh, no, 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 no. It would be interference if I did an investigation into outright criminals. 
Imagine if we didn't play politics. Imagine if they said, look, I don't care if you're running for office. We have evidence of a crime. We're going to pursue it. Radio Zeitgeist, Global Broadcasting Network. So in the last teaching, we were developing the understanding of the dialectic of the drives. And it was mentioned that the philosopher Hegel was the author of that concept. But it was a philosopher who came shortly after Hegel who represents the break between the classical modernity, if you will, versus the modernity that would lead to the postmodern. <clears throat> that is represented by the shift from Hegel to Nietzsche. And so tonight it's Nietzsche that I want to discuss with you because he's one of the great geniuses of the Western philosophical tradition and <clears throat> analytic achievement of understanding of the inner labyrinth of consciousness who, whose foresight as to what is happening now in the world is unparalleled by any other thinker. Hegel, we could say, was the last Christian thinker, at least nominally Christian. <clears throat> but for Hegel, for Nietzsche, Christianity was a monstrosity. It was a, uh, a corruption and a perversion of the teachings of Christ. And so Nietzsche wanted to leave Christianity behind and return to Christ, to the real teachings of Yeshua. And he went very deeply into that understanding and into the relationship of Greece to Jerusalem because it was through the filter of Greek and Roman culture that Christianity both suffered its perversion when it was taken over by the Roman Empire that then used it in order to not only destroy all the other wisdom schools along the way, uh, all the Greek uh, schools, uh, but later on, of course, with its inquisition uh, to destroy all of, of the, the threats to the empire. And it was a tool of the empire to enslave the people, not uh, an instrument for liberation as Christ's own teachings were. And uh, if nothing else, Nietzsche was a great spiritual anarchist who wanted to return to freedom. But he also saw that freedom present in the Greek culture, at least among some of its philosophers, its great philosophers, and, and its great uh, artists, its playwrights, and so uh, his first book uh, was a book on Greek philosophy, and it was actually the birth of tragedy uh, 
through the spirit of music. Nietzsche was also a great musician. Many people don't realize that. He is an extraordinary composer. You can hear his music is online. Uh, extraordinary uh, compositions uh, of, of great depth and, and power. And he recognized that the Greeks were very aware of the power of music. If you go back to Pythagoras, the whole universe is music. It's, it is a, a spectrum, an octave uh, of vibrational frequencies. And they were very much aware of how the different frequencies would uh, affect the soul and uh, invoke different drives within the human heart. So uh, his, his first book was, was an analysis of how the art form of tragedy developed as a means of displaying for the people the inner uh, journey of a soul through its own dark night in order to discover its own uh, an antithetical nature, its lower drives, and have to do battle with them in order to slay that which was inferior to be able to be victorious and, and able to uh, express uh, the truth uh, of our godly nature, of, the, of our uh, partaking of the good, the one, the, the absolute, through manifesting one of the forms, the archetypes of that infinite consciousness in our lives and becoming a manifestation, an avatar of that archetypal uh, beauty and truth. And, and he recognized that it was, it was this art form of tragedy itself that represented the soul's capacity to take the drives that were in conflict at the ego level and turn them into uh, convergent drives that would produce the highest art. And that this was the, the, the flower of, of human culture, to produce an artwork that would uh, perform and express the entire spectrum of the struggle within each soul to become liberated. And so he, he discovered that the mythology of Greece was a, a, a coded expression of the relationship of the different human drives. And that the two most important drives were those that were called Apollo and Dionysus. And Dionysus was that desire for freedom that would suffer the tragic resistance of a culture that wasn't able to bear its truth and, and, and its power and its breaking of the molds of conventional morality and belief systems and, uh, and would be martyred or would be in some way forced into the position of Prometheus who by stealing the fire of the gods had to suffer uh, having his uh, liver eaten by the, uh, the crow or whatever that bird of prey was that they uh, sicked on him. Uh, so it was the convergence, the alliance of Apollo and uh, Dionysus 
that the soul was able to achieve that created the possibility of producing a work of art that would resolve all of these internal conflicts and express their resolution for the community as a whole.
Tom Friedley, James Howard Kunstler, the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast, only on Radio Zeitgeist. Be sure and hit both our Patreon pages, if you would, please. Jim's genius today, what is to be done? He begins, money, money, money everywhere along the trail for the Biden family. The black hole of depravity known as Hunter Biden's laptop dilates ever wider as the rickety Joe Biden regime chugs towards its event horizon of disgrace and collapse, throwing off the jetsam of our nation's remnant honor in its toxic vapor trail. The memos and emails on the device could not be clearer. Joe Biden and his grifting family sold out their country. The mentally incompetent husk of a crooked old pole is owned by every foreign interest in his decaying orbit and owned as well by the foul and perfidious Intel Mafia, lodged like a cancerous mass eating away at what used to be known as the American government. Face it, this false president installed by malignant forces allied with his party of chaos is a menace to our nation, Jim writes. The Russian cleanup of Ukraine has exposed the operational base of the Biden family's flagrant crimes. The laptop confirms that Hunter's Rosemont Seneca Front Company invested in the chain of bioweapons labs set up by the CIA and Department of Defense and operated through their front company, Metabiota, with tendrils reaching to the Wuhan, China virology lab that was the most likely point of origin for SARS-CoV-2, a.k.a. COVID-19. Money, money, money everywhere along the trail for the Biden family. Fees for service from the crooked Ukrainian oligarch Mykola Slavchevsky, chairman of Burisma, the gas company that provided walking around money for Hunter's insatiable drug habit and degenerate sexual adventures. More millions from shady sources in Russia. And then billions more from the boardrooms of Chinese companies connected with the intel and military arms of the Chinese Communist Party. If the American public had known of these entanglements, Joe Biden would certainly not have been the beneficiary of the engineered balloting irregularities that determined the 2020 election. But the public, still reeling from the mindfuckery of COVID-19, was left ignorant through the combined operations of the CIA's captured social networks, along with a tractable legacy news media. Of course the FBI had Hunter's laptop in its possession in January of 2020. How is it possible that the device and all its incriminating contents were withheld as evidence in the momentous impeachment trial of Donald Trump, which, after all, was instigated by Mr. Trump's inquiring phone call about those very matters involving the Bidens in Mykola Slavchevsky? Answer, because the FBI was already rattled by the unraveling truths about its seditious role in the Russiagate folly, and the agency was wholly invested in the removal of Mr. Trump before top agency officials found themselves in grand juries. Federal crimes on top of federal crimes by federal officials. How do we stand for that, Jim asks. And they continued to sit on and hide the laptop through the first 15 months of Joe Biden's astoundingly calamitous term in office to the dangerous point that America has arrived at today, the potential brink of a nuclear exchange with Russia, all a product of our decade-long interventions and machinations in Sansac, Ukraine, a train wreck of foreign policy blunders that can only be explained as a product of the most extreme and ruinous organizational hubris seen since Germany's misadventure invading the Soviet Union in Operation Barbarossa, 1941. And now the suits in America's intel, state, and war offices are apparently thinking that the Joe Biden operation has got to be thrown overboard before it is too late to disassociate themselves from it in its slime trail of crime. All hinges on whether a percentage of the mesmerized American public, 
those buffaloed by the combined effects of woke hysteria and mass formation psychosis, might rouse from their induced trance and recognize the ominous shape that reality has assumed while their minds were hostage. Too many can see that everything now in American life is going south. Joe Biden has knocked the remaining props out from under the country's assumed standard of living. We are on track to go medieval in months, not years. No replacement parts for our machines, no money, or else money that's worthless. No food, no heat, no light, no getting from point A to point B. Soon, no hope. And if we're really unlucky, the very land itself and the things we've built upon it reduced to cinders and ash. One thing you must know, we are not entering the wishful robotic anti-utopia of social credit control, QR code management, and World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab transhumanism. We are veering rather off the rails into epic historic political disorder, something much more perplexing than the clear-cut crack-up of the 1860s. In this new pandemonium, the best of us will remember what has been best about us, liberty, the rule of law, freedom of speech in the press, the dignity of work, our sense of obligation to a common good, and the decorum of truth-telling. For now, strive to stay sane against all the inducements of the wicked. Tom Friedley for Radio Zeitgeist.